This episode of the Italian Australian podcast was recorded on Wadandi Wadjak Nunga Budja. We pay our respect to elders past, present, and emerging, and to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening to this podcast. Hello, everyone. Before we get into this week's episode, just wanted to mention the fantastic time that I had last night at the show Buonasera Signorina. Italian Music Meets Jazz Again, which was performed by the guest we had on last week, the incredibly talented Etta Delia. It was an amazing show. But you're disappointed that you missed out on that one, aren't you, Lucas? Yeah, it was definitely a shame I wasn't able to get there. Um, you've been the lucky one that's got to go to a few really cool Italian events around Perth recently. I haven't got to any of them yet with you. I definitely will throughout the year. But no, that looked amazing. Yeah. Looked amazing, we'll Josie. Um, we got there throughout the year and it worked out well, I guess, in a way. I was able to make it a girls' night and take the beautiful Raffaella from La Motazza Cafe so yeah. in North Perth. So, yeah, we had a fantastic time. Yes, it looked like you did. Um, for any of the listeners, might have seen um, some of the social media, a few of the videos and things that you uploaded last night. Um, I'm sure they can tell. It looked like an amazing night. Um, not that that surprises me. Um, I haven't had the pleasure to see Etta perform live yet, but um, as you were saying, her voice is just amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. honestly, it's the kind of thing you need to, I don't know, hear to believe, not see to believe, but hear to believe. We yeah. got, um, yeah, front row seats in the end and, yeah, just unbelievable, just, yeah, how she performs and awesome. the, yeah, her voice was just so beautiful. Yeah, so for anyone listening from the Adelaide area, South Australia, do you remember the dates off the top of your head, Josie? Because Etta's got Fringe in Adelaide as well in March. No, I don't remember the dates off the top of my head, but I know it's in March. Yeah, and no, we can post yeah, that. Um, we, we, will. we will definitely um, be linking to some of that stuff prior. Uh, yeah, for sure. And if anyone, as you, obviously you'll be able to recommend better than me, Josie, but anyone over that way would, uh, yeah, definitely be worth a look. Um, for sure. Yes, I'm glad that you um, that you brought that up because I'd forgotten to mention that because last night was her last night here in Perth. So um, as part of that show, yeah. um, she'll obviously have other performances throughout the year. But yes, we wanted to, well, I wanted to just, yeah, encourage anyone in Adelaide, if you haven't already got tickets, I'd recommend go and get some, take your parents, take your nonni, um even take a date. It was a little bit romantic, you know, with all the Italian music and everything. So, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, something there for everyone, for sure. Definitely. And the way that she does it, the style, like you were saying, um, how she's putting her new spin on some of these sort of older songs, like you said, it probably is something there for sort of everybody, how she's sort of um, breathed a bit of fresh life into some of these songs and put her own spin on her. And, yeah, I am um, obviously being a big music fan myself. I am, um, what's the word? devastated but yeah it's just a little bit disappointed not be able to get there with you i would love to see and to perform but i'm sure i'll get my chance to yeah definitely hopefully she'll come back next year if anything i thought the show was too short both Raffaella and i were like oh and i can get a bit bored at things i've got to say you know sometimes you go to something and goes on and on but we were like what that's you know yeah we could have honestly sat there i reckon for you know another hour just listening oh really well i think that's a sign of a good show yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if, yeah, if I'm not ready for it to finish. Because I yeah, do, got to say, sometimes get a little bit, yeah, over things. But no, this was yeah. just, yeah, just amazing. The, t- the time just flew by. So Yeah, no, she's super talented. 
And um, yeah, she was a great guest as well. So for anyone who may have missed last week's episode number 23, um, definitely worth a listen. Very, very funny. Um, yeah, we had a lot of fun recording that one. But yeah, that's about all I think Josie wanted to touch on. Unless you got one yeah, last thing before we right. get into this week's episode. No, I just wanted to mention that. I'm still in a good mood. It was such a fun night for both of us and everyone else who attended. So, Fantastic. Yeah. All righty. Well, well, guys, we... hope you enjoyed yeah, hope this you enjoyed the episode yeah. <laughs> coming up. We, um, we, uh, we've touched on food in probably every episode, I think. Would you reckon? I reckon probably the 23 yes, episodes definitely. we've done, we've definitely touched on it. So here's one where we sort of focus on it for majority of the chat. And yeah, let us know what you think. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy. Bentornati a tutti, and welcome to another episode of the Italian Australian Podcast. My name's Lucas Dacqui, and I'm here with my sister Josie. Josie, how are you going today? Um, I'm good, thanks. I've got the giggles a little bit. Just um, well, that from... we've done a couple of takes of this intro already. Yeah, well, as always, guys, you don't get to hear what happens before we press um, record. But that's yeah. right. And Josie got the intro taken off her today. She couldn't quite get it together couple of takes i said all right one more and then she did a great one and then she actually said there's no hosts here today i said well i'm pretty sure there is but there's no guests is what josie was trying to say so um yeah we'll fix that one up and we'll say there is no guest today it is just josie and myself and we are breaking down a topic um for the first time that we have uh, touched on a little bit in other episodes, but today we're going to focus solely on food, cuisine, uh, whichever word you would like to use, and um, obviously Italian-Australian themed. So Josie, this episode is one that uh, you've been itching to do for a little while, and um, yeah, you probably know a bit more stuff about me maybe, and you're definitely a much better cook than me. Is I'm definitely a much better cook. Than oh, you. I was trying to sort of heading with that one. You definitely got me covered there. You've actually got a cake in the oven at the moment. I do. So, um, but I wouldn't say that I know more about Italian Australian food, or also we're going to talk about the type of contemporary food that's being it- eaten over in Italy today. So, no, I definitely wouldn't say that oh, you know you more about that do. one. I don't know. You cook, yeah, a lot more than me, and yeah, very, very good cook actually. So you probably, I think, I feel like you got me covered there. Oh, that's thanks. fine. The guests know things aren't a competition um, between. So now I've got to run. The listeners know that things aren't really a competition between me and you ever. So doesn't matter. What's the favourite thing that I cook that um for you. Favourite thing. I'll put you on the spot there, but um, what's well, all good? Probably, probably any pasta really. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I'm just trying to maybe narrow it down, but um, the pasta that the, um, I was going to say listeners, but whoever follows on social media um, saw when you did a matriciana not too long ago, 
um, was a couple of months ago now, probably actually was actually really, really nice. That set the scene for a recording session we did back a couple of months ago. That was probably actually the last plate of pasta you've cooked me. You probably drew for one, Josie. I think so. But I think well, a lot of the time when we um, when we eat a meal together, we're often actually going out somewhere, aren't That's we? That's true. Or and I've even... probably barely cooked you anything ever. So, And if I do, what I cook for you is with mum's um, homemade sauce that she portions and gives to me. So it's kind of half cheating anyway. I'm just having like a breakthrough moment here. I don't know that you've ever cooked a meal for me in our whole lives. Surely. I reckon you definitely count them on one hand if I have. But okay, We're um, going way off topic here and we may have to come back to this one here off Maybe mic. we'll do a video for our socials if we can show the listeners and whatnot. I'll cook you something, Josie. Like I said, it'll have mum's um, beautiful Napolitana sauce, the sugo that she gives me. And then I just whip up a little bit of pasta. You can't really go wrong boiling the pasta and you, know, you just can clearly, clearly well, you can, can a little bit. And actually, um, on that note, um, I was going to touch on at some stage that our friends over at the Italian American podcast they did an episode. I think it was back number two hundred and thirty-four. Um, the title. Don't quote me exactly, but um, you would listen to it as well. Obviously, committing crimes against Italian food or something similar. And I think in that one there, they might have touched on people doing different and all sorts of weird and wonderful random things when it comes to boiling your pasta, which to us is such an easy sort of simple thing. Um, But yeah, Josie, these are some of the things we're going to break down in this topic. So without going off topic too much here in this intro, um, what are we going to talk about today for the listeners? Um, Well, hang on. I'm not going to let you off the hook just that easy. So guys, in the next couple of months, we definitely have to pin Lucas down um, and he's going to have to provide evidence that he's cooked me a meal. Okay. So we'll, we'll come back to that one. Okay. But going back to today's episode, uh, we're going to talk about Italian Australian food because obviously the food that we eat here in Australia, that's got the you know Italian um, you know heritage or theme is different to what's being eat, eaten in in Italy today and we're just going to look at the you know different words that we might talk about when we're um, referring to food you might hear like authentic traditional and yeah we're Very just going to give you guys what our thoughts are again um you know I guess we don't have any formal qualifications in the area you know what, Josie I think um if people are still tuning in now I think we don't really keep need to giving um the disclaimer saying that we're not experts because if people are tuning in now, I mean, we, we might be down to just our compadres, Joseph Versace and Daniel Italiano. I'm not sure, but if people are tuning in by this stage into our journey in the podcast, I think they've heard yeah. us say that a few times now. So mum and dad and the aunties. So yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So, um, okay. They, yes, they know we're not true. experts, but hopefully we, we make up for it with our passion. Definitely. So but just to um, bring to everybody's mind, the idea that, you know, we will refer to food as like Italian food, or if we're looking at a restaurant here in Australia, that's like, we'll call it like an Italian restaurant, but not everybody, you know, thinks about a lot or realizes that it's not really the same as a restaurant in Italy, or it might not be the same kind of food that people are eating in Italy. It's actually Italian Australian food. Would you agree, Lucas? 100%. And it goes back to the whole underlying theme of the podcast that we call ourselves Italian. We say this is an Italian shop. We say this is an Italian restaurant, all these things. And we really are starting to form our sort of that subculture of Italian Australian 
things across across the board now because as you're saying um, we are lucky that you will find which I'm sure we'll touch on later in this episode you will find some really um, once again that word authentic how to use it is a little bit tricky but you'll find restaurants that are very much like Italy today and they're all through the cities in Australia there's a lot there's beautiful places we may mention a few by name later on but you will find some of those that you can probably call Italian Italian and they're probably owned and operated by Italian people from Italy that have recently settled in Australia but uh, what you're saying is very very true about calling things Italian but they're probably more Italian Australian yeah and there's nothing wrong with referring to them as Italian because we are here in Australia, so obviously, yes. you know, we're referring to, you know, an Italian restaurant or Italian food. There's nothing wrong with that, but I guess it's just, yeah, look, exploring the differences there, and um, yeah, it's just really, it's really interesting. And I think half of the time we've had to work to get these, um, these definitions down purely for our own conversations that you and I would have, so that we could have a yes. conversation, be clear what we were talking about, not argue with each other, have our little debates. Um, I think, I think one there recorded is recorded our conversations oh. we've been having over the last X amount of years, and just no editing and just uploaded them straight away. We'll probably have way more viewers and <laughs> everything, but um, maybe one day. Maybe one day. Um, yeah, so like you said, I guess if we look at it, um, like you said, like Italian-Italian, which I love that actually, um, like when you talk about things that are like Just possibly... To half out the same word, Italian-Italian. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, but you like... you know what I mean. I the do. listeners know what we mean. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but then I had to think about it and I think probably maybe a more accurate term for that would be the, um, you know, the contemporary Italian restaurants that we're seeing. So yep. that are um, most likely they're run by recent immigrants from Italy. So they've got, you know, that context um, and they're serving dishes that are much more similar to dishes that you'll find in Italy. Definitely worth mentioning at some point in this episode, or I think we have to mention it, that the food across Italy from top to bottom is going to differ greatly because we all know there's so many different regions with their own different cuisine. Yes. So when we say it's food that you'll find in Italy, obviously that's not um, meaning that it's food that you're going to find in every single region and every single you know town or city. But we'll say if you go to a restaurant that's a contemporary Italian restaurant, it'll be similar cuisine to like a part of Italy. Yeah, no, that, that's a very interesting point. And that's another one if you really want to start breaking things down and study the menus of some of these contemporary Italian restaurants we have in Australia, which I haven't done so much, really paid so much attention to if they're offering um, a full-on menu of one region or if they're kind of merging their menu to cater from dishes that are probably north to south but you'll find i think they probably do that so say you've got someone from southern italy or let's just say southern italy for this example and they're running a contemporary uh, restaurant in australia you probably will realize um you probably find they have a lot of dishes from central and north as well that are being done in a very contemporary way again but would you agree the times yes. we've spent in italy you go somewhere say northern italy and you probably won't see the southern because you're up north, you're actually in Italy, you're not going to find the southern um, menu sort of items on the menu. But yeah, but, but I mean, it is, but you are seeing it more now. So that's what I was going to say. Like, in I think the touristy it's... areas, you probably definitely will. And yeah. we'll probably touch that. You'll even see some things which I've seen with my own two eyes on my last trip to Italy, which was going back a little bit now. So I'm sure there's more and more sort of of it. But I saw garlic bread, I saw chicken parmigianas, uh, a couple of other things that you would never 
traditionally see in Italy, um, which well, I found really interesting. That? Should we jump into we that? Because we were at some point going to um, actually give the listeners um, a, a few examples of foods that you pretty much um, will find at a lot of what we call like Italian restaurants here in Australia. Mm-hmm. But if you travel over to Italy, um, you most likely won't see them. And definitely going back maybe, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, you wouldn't have seen them. So you just definitely. named two. Yeah, look, they're two of my favorites. I mean, who doesn't like the garlic bread? Let, let's face it, wherever mm-hmm. the origin was, uh, we're not here to debate this and that and authenticity. And uh, I mean, the garlic bread is phenomenal. If any listeners are listening and don't like a piece of garlic bread, then I'm not sure. Um, and chicken parmigiana, I mean, but I'm talking one that you would see. So when you're saying authentic, I mean, it's, it's never been an Italian menu item, but an Italian, Australian, Italian, American, I'm, I'm actually not 100% sure on the origin. And once again, we're not going to go too crazy on these things in this episode or end up being like a six-parter, but let's just say a chicken parmigiana, but a, a really nice, like authentic cotoletta style one done with the beautiful sugar. So it's all handmade and homemade and beautiful flavors and nice and thin one, like a good, you know, um, I love a good chicken parmigiana. So I'd say a chicken parmigiana at an Italian, Australian restaurant phenomenal and um i i did see those two my last trip as is well documented on the podcast was 2016 and i can't remember if i saw it at multiple places but definitely did see both those items um which was a shock going back before that i never had even going back to my trips from 2012 2010 and earlier um never ever josie have you ever seen any of these things like that or not that i can recall um no but i think the reasons that they wouldn't have had a years ago was like when we were getting the immigrants coming to, you know, places like Australia, like America, was that the the availability and the price of meat and chicken, mm-hmm. it just wasn't going to be something that people, especially like, you know, in the South, were yeah. able to get their hands on. So they would do things more like, you know, the the eggplant, melanzana, yes. you know, parmigiana, which that is probably one of my all-time favourite dishes. Were you being still kind of vegetarian well i mean you're not obviously vegetarian now but you still eat a lot of vegetarian food because you were vegetarian for so long i know that you love those ones but even now though like i had it last time i was at mum's and i ate like a half a tray of it oh that's what i'm saying like you still love a lot of that food maybe compared to me because you grew up eating so much that style of food because you didn't eat meat but yeah i think and then immigrants are coming out they're moving they're, they're coming here they're in you know farming areas obviously the um, availability of you know, chicken, beef, veal, pork, yep. all that kind of stuff uh, is um, a lot more accessible to them, a lot more um, affordable. And so, you know, why not? They're thinking, okay, we'll um, we'll try something different. And, and who knows, really? I mean, I've got no idea. But maybe back in the 50s when, you know, immigrants were arriving, maybe there weren't eggplants around. I don't know um, much or anything actually really about growing eggplants i don't know if they're easy uh, to grow if they no, eggplants were definitely around um but yeah look and i suppose the thing is um going back to our friends over the iap i know rosella rago obviously being heavily involved in the food industry um she has spoke about this at many many different stages and kind of they get a lot of flack i know i feel like the food, uh, say Italian food culture in America has probably branched off a little bit, probably the same as everything over there, which is just purely absolutely normal. And Australia will get that at a certain stage as well when people have been here for X amount of generations like they already have in America. So obviously the immigrants have gone to America 50, 70, maybe almost 100 years before in some cases when they've come over here, Josie. And 
the food has probably changed a fair bit for some types of um, meals and the dishes that you might get in America. But I know that the Italians back in Italy go nuts about it. And even Rosella doing a lot of um, what you'd probably call quite contemporary sort of things. I'll still pick one or two ingredients that aren't quite exactly how they do it. And it's so... Um, yep. What's the word? Like thing, things are always evolving and always changing. And if you're going to go back and look at a dish that say um, they do in Italy right now today, that was probably different again 40, 50 years ago if it was even around Absolutely. back yep. then. So when I, I understand their pain and Pat does some really good impersonations and they sort of, um, yeah, they fire some shots back at the Italians. They give them a hard time in America about the way that they might prefer, sorry, prepare some food. Um but it's the same over here. There's, there's certain dishes now, like just going back, just linking back to the Parmigianas that was never seen in Italy and we do over here, but that's just the evolution of, of everything. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And um, yeah, in particular about food evolving everywhere and food definitely has changed a lot throughout Italy, um, especially since the Second World War. So. Yeah. That's the thing. And there's quite a few dishes that definitely weren't around in Italy, you know, a hundred years ago. Um, and they, yeah, they weren't around here Even as well. Even less than so. that. That's right. I mean, yeah. um, like I remember um, when we've, I know um, a lot of people are waiting and have been asking actually, when is Nonna Maria going to finally get on the podcast? But she will. Um, unfortunately, we just haven't been able to slot it in, but um, that will definitely happen and it's going to be amazing but I've asked her about many sorts of things so like a carbonara and she's from Rome like the carbonara these ones here like a like the tiramisu all these sort of ones she she'd never had in Italy they'd never seen in Italy a lot of these people I mean majority of the country wasn't well off after the two world wars and that sort of stuff and a lot of these people weren't eating these foods uh these foods and they've got popularized through uh, restaurants and stuff like that that probably the majority of people weren't actually experiencing um so it's sort of interesting to look at even now, Nunnul from Calabria, there's no way he's not eating these foods, never heard of some of these foods. But then now people will argue and say that it has to be done like this and has to be done like that. But in the real scheme of things, they've only been around for a short period of time anyway. So I'd, I'm definitely not a stickler that if someone wants to do something like this or do something like that a little bit, I mean, I I can understand a few things. Let's, let's go back to the carbonara, for example, because that's a very popular dish that everyone knows and enjoys. What some people will say now from Italy, Josie, is you're going to get a carbonara here in Australia and people, so traditionally it's just spaghetti, but people might use say penne or anything else that's not spaghetti, right? And then they're not using the egg to create the creamy sauce. They're using actual cream. So mm -hmm. that's another thing. They're not using pecorino cheese, which is a traditional way or the way it started. They're using cheddar cheese or something. Um, they're not putting any eggs in it at all. And eggs is a big part of the dish to make the sauce. They're not using guanciale. They're using pancetta. They're, they're some of these ones I can almost understand. And I've even heard some reasonable Italian foodie sort of people say, well, just don't call it a carbonara. You can't really yeah. call that. Like, I agree. And over here, you'll... That's pretty much the way you'll see a carbonara is generally done like that. There's a few dishes like that. I can almost, I can kind of sympathize with what they're saying because they're like, well, tell me how that's even. Yeah. So some, where some of the other ones are slightly different. Um, but at the end of the day, as the IAP is such, and it was almost going back to survival, how some of the dishes are done over here now compared to in Italy. It was the last thing they were thinking like, oh, I better not use this ingredient. I better put that ingredient because that's how we used to do it there. That just went out the window and you know, they stuck to the best that they knew and what they could, but that's how we've probably ended up with a little bit of a subculture with the food over here. Yeah, I fully agree. And and that's the kind of thing that I always keep in, in mind as well. And I think I can remember dad saying some things about that when I, I would ask him, you know, just the odd question about cooking and he'd be like, oh, 
you think you think my mother she had this she had that she had kids to feed you know she'd cook and she just put whatever she had in it all right like you yeah, know kind of thing and 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 that would be it and i thought you know that's actually really true and considering the reason for um the majority of migrants coming out were um were economic reasons um yeah, then I have always had that in my mind. And, you know, you mentioned um, the matruchana that I cooked for you. So shock horror, guys, um, I used bacon in that um, matruchana. I didn't use pancetta. I didn't use guanciale. And you know why? I had a lot of bacon that needed to be used up. And I think that's pretty possible. That, that, that's yeah. pretty possible. And I'm not going to waste it. I'm not going to go to the shop and buy, you know, buy pancetta when I've got all this bacon in my fridge. But what what is interesting... I've heard some people say, well, restaurants should offer that if, if you're making money out of it and it's a business and why don't restaurants source the incorrect products if you're going to call that? Because some Italians do get, you know, up in arms about it and sort of, um, I mean, even going back to our restaurant, there were some things that were quite, um, let's just use the word authentic to sort of say what they're doing in Italy as of now, though, the same time period we're speaking. There were some dishes that were pretty much the same and some that were a little bit different. But I suppose at the end of the day, I think we touched on this slightly with our episode with the guys on the IOP uh, with Pat, but you're catering to your guests as well a little bit. So maybe yes. people in Australia, even going back 20, 30 years ago, they're probably more wanting slightly different style of food as well. I think now, Josie, as we mentioned, there's a lot of contemporary Italian restaurants all around Australia, which you and I absolutely love, as much as we love good old Italian Australian restaurants that have been in a few generations too. So with these contemporary modern sort of style Italian restaurants that you have around now, I think people are more inclined to to go there and want to go there because so many more young people are traveling now. So if you're going to go back to say our mum and dad opened up the first restaurant um, in the early 1980s, that generation there, like a lot of these people will traditionally kind of weren't traveling around yes. so much com- 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 compared to these days. So now you're getting so many people, not just Italian Australians, Everyone, like every second person, everyone from, from Australia loves to go and do a Europe trip, a Contiki, go traveling, go here. So all these people now have experienced food over there. And, I, and I've had a lot of these chats. This is one we did say that we're not experts, but I'm semi-qualified. Just obviously our parents having, and as is yourself, our parents having a beautiful Italian restaurant uh, for so many years and having worked there. So uh, yeah, I think people now are more inclined to go to a contemporary place and um know that a, a traditional carbonara doesn't have the cream, doesn't have the butter, is made with the egg and the pecorino for the cheese, um, you know, the sauce and that sort of thing. Where back in the day, you didn't have that knowledge and um, also probably Instagram and just the internet and things in general sure. now. There's yep. thousands of pages you can jump on and all the Italian food influencers are showing you exactly how to make a certain dish and how they do it. And it's just a bit of a different world now. Absolutely it is. And, you know, you have people who love to consider themselves, you know, like foodies and all this kind of thing. And, you know, you think back to when, you know, the migrants were coming to Australia in big numbers, people like, you know, Italians, Chinese, I'm sure, you know, let's just throw that little curveball in. I bet you my house that the you know food being served at chinese restaurants especially going back years ago is nothing like the food that people are probably eating at home and also being eaten over in china so i don't know for sure but i would agree with you 100 percent. and i've often thought about this as well in some of these places that we just think is a chinese restaurant and i mean i wonder if some maybe one of the listeners will write in and let us know but i think some of these places probably definitely in australia may even kind of be less let's say authentic again than the italian cuisine 
cuisine. So that's always a hard one. Cuisine. Um, I think because Josie, we've touched on other episodes with how we've spoken about maybe in America and some other places that they've created a bit more of a subculture. Would you agree? Like I feel over here, to be fair, the Italian Australian cuisine is actually, it's still pretty close to what you get in Italy at, you know, your really high standard restaurants, even if they're run by say a first or second generation Italian Australian person. Would you agree? Like I, I, don't, I don't think we've branched off crazy amounts as of yet with the, with the food and how it's prepared and served. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think there's just, um, there's other differences as well. So it's like the whole, um, you know, the dish might not be different, but if you look at the way that people eat in Italy and certain, you know, certain other food rules that we'll have, and, you know, it might be, um, you know, like you would never have a cappuccino at the end of your meal, you know, yeah. in Italy, people will look at you like you're going to need to be taken to hospital in an ambulance if you do that. Like, Of course. Um, yeah, exactly. Especially, yeah, if it's after the AMs, then it's done. It's just not the done thing. But also, it just, it, that directs, um, re- you know, sorry, that relates directly back to the thoughts that, you know, Italians have about digestion. And, yes. you know, I've often thought the about this. The world centers around the digestion yeah, because we love our food, and if we if we kind of stick to the rules, then that means we can eat quite a lot of beautiful food, drink what we want, you know, all you know within reason, mm-hmm. and and not feel too bad afterwards. But if you yep. make one of these, you know, mistakes or you know faux pas or whatever, it's not even about oh you know like fagorda or something like that. It's literally like you're going to get a really really sore stomach if you yep. go and and do that. So it's almost like when you know Italian people will say to you, oh don't do that. They're not being like you know snobby or whatever. Well, I think the majority aren't, but it's like literally like they're very concerned that you'll get you know. It's true. No, look at and it's instilled into them because see every culture is, is different for different things. I'm just trying to think of an example now that maybe Italians aren't so fussed on, but. For the food side of things in Italy, I'm just saying like that is their religion. That's huge. Everything mm. evolves around food. Food means obviously eating and digestion, that sort of thing. So they, they do take it very, very seriously. They have a lot of pride where some other, I don't know, maybe let's just say, I'm just throwing this out. That let's say the English culture maybe doesn't, you know, that they're not so fussed about what meals mm. they're eating and so, so much pride in the region of food. And don't get me wrong, every country does i'm just using an example but i think italians take it to the next level um so yeah yes i agree what i'm there you know you won't you don't eat this and don't eat that and you know it would be the entree yeah sorry i'm trying to at least together it's going to be the right order so maybe touch on a little bit of that josie obviously we've been blessed to spend a lot of time over there and what we kind of know from having the restaurant over here what what are some of the other ones you feel like they do that maybe now in australia is branched off to just maybe in the orders or how they're prepared together or yeah, I think definitely um, like people having say uh, like like pasta as a um, as a main course, or even you know a lot of the time in Italy people aren't eating the food like all together. Which see yep. that doesn't worry me, but like I'll happily have everything on the table, um, you know more or less, and eat it. But in Italy, it is you know pretty much you'll have your pasta first, and then the plates will go, and then yep. you'll have whatever meat dish. Yeah. And it could be some vegetables as well, but or a salad or whatever that is. But that's always a separate part of the meal. Yeah. And even yeah, if it might all right. be on the table at once, which even I feel is pretty rare, you certainly eat your pasta first. Yeah. And obviously, we're kind of generalizing a little bit. Um, we've spent the most of our time 
kind of more around central to south, I suppose, Joyce, like yeah. we haven't really visited or maybe you've got another shock for me, another region you visited. The listeners might got a couple of people writing in, thought it was quite funny when you surprised me on the air saying that you had actually been to Lamarck and you <laughs> briefly went to Ancona. A couple of people love that one. You got me there. Uh... Um, but yeah, but, but I mean, I know for a fact like, we haven't spent heaps and heaps of time right up in the far north and around some of these areas. And I know that we both haven't been yeah. to up there and stuff like that. Um, I don't. And that's think a fair point. I am basing it. Yeah, the it, East Coast much you know, around those sort of areas. Uh, yeah. Okay, fine. I'm basing it mostly uh, from, you know, the times we stay with our family in that one yeah, apartment right. in Fiumicino. But yeah, no, just before summer know. rising, because we know, obviously, even like I remember, I don't know, I can't actually really re- remember, Josie, what we were having for breakfast down in Calabria, where you've been once and I've been a couple of times. But I remember definitely a hotel that I stayed in with um, Compadre Joseph. They were serving like pasta for breakfast. And had like sausages and all this sort of stuff, but it was kind of like, um, what do you call it? Is it the continental? Like, what's you know, when you're going, you get like a cooked breakfast spread and that sort That's of thing. That's not continental. Continental is like a croissant, some yogurt, and fruit. No, sorry, it's not continental. It's, it's, it's you know, when you go to the hotels, I always tick the wrong, <laughs> the wrong form, and then you end up with some yogurt or something. You wanted some nice bacon and eggs, but nah, you know, Josie, um, yeah, whatever oh, breakfast, yeah. A cooked it breakfast, was, full breakfast, yep. Yeah. Yeah, but it was, they had um a lot of like the calibrated. I think there's like the roasted capsicums and these things. And I don't know if I don't know. I remember we had a beautiful hotel um at one stage along the beach, and then yeah, I remember that stuck in my mind. And it was just like there was like hot like like I can't remember what sort of the dish was, but some sort of like spaghetti picante, like spicy and stuff. And it was interesting. I don't know if that's a thing throughout the whole. Yeah, to be honest, I don't know, but it did stick out in my mind. But yeah, Josie, you've touched on a few things. So obviously, there's little things like a little crime people might commit against the food here. Italian food culture is putting cheese on seafood pasta, mm-hmm. which apparently is a bit of a no-no and that sort of thing. Um, obviously, like you've already mentioned there with certain, like having pasta as a side and things like that. But I suppose we can look at other things, like even a dish like pizza. So this is a massive can of worms, but mm. obviously you'll get pizza over here that, it's definitely not the way they're going to be doing it in Italy, whether it's the toppings, whether it's the base and the crust or, you know, maybe just all these sorts of things. So I suppose you get, do get a lot of um, Italian themed food over here. You often will, you know, you'll definitely see a lot of pasta dishes at restaurants that aren't kind of in Italy at all. Maybe that particular place decided to put this in there and that in there that people from Italy would say they can't go together. So, um, that's true. Know, but then you, you've got to mention, you opened the can of worms. So now while you're there, you've got to mention about how much pizza itself differs throughout Italy as well. Yes. Yes. And that, that's, I did a fair bit of research, well, a little bit of research for this episode on, on that, because like you're saying, that, that is a can of worms. And where do you start in terms of the base to the crust and to the toppings? And so, I mean, I think the Napolitana pizza is the most famous Mm-hmm. but obviously you're getting different ones if you're going up north and pizza's everywhere now and then it's changed again as people have immigrated and how they do it you know outside of Italy but see I'm not too fussy for pizza I, I just really like a good pizza and I will enjoy one with a thinner base a thicker base a thinner crust I kind of just as long as it's nice fresh ingredients and my, my main key Josie and I'm pretty sure this carries throughout all of Italy and pretty much anywhere that's you know a little bit authentic overseas is just not too much toppings. Absolutely. That's pretty much the key. Yeah. That's yeah, so yeah. So I actually prefer the um the bit more thicker, like the you know, more like the um like the Napoli style. Like it's not yep. like you know like a really like 
It's not overly thick. It's just more than you in. Just don't like the super super thin one. That's more like up north, eh? Like super super thin. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. But even yeah. places that have been in Rome, uh, you know, like you basically have to use a knife and a fork to eat it. And yeah, I understand that that's very normal around those areas. And yeah, whether it's that this could be the thing because I have grown up in Australia, um, or who knows as well. You've always, everyone's got their own personal preferences and their own personal tastes as well. So. But yeah, definitely prefer the piece of pizza that I can just hold and eat rather than have to use a knife and a fork. Yep. Yeah, I'm probably with you there. And like we're saying, you will see the Napolitan pizzas kind of all over Italy now and kind of same sort of thing, especially look anywhere that is a tourist destination, you'll get food that's coming from outside of the region that people are familiar with. So especially with all the American and English and obviously Australians and the tourists go to some in Milan, they hop off the plane, they think, oh, wow, we're in Italy now. Uh we, we need to eat pizza that's kind of like this and we need to eat this meal and that meal and stuff that hasn't really originated from up there, but the restaurants will serve it and probably do a phenomenal job of doing it, even though it's not their adoptive, it becomes their adoptive sort of food is not their food yeah. of origin up there. But I think, Josie, we, we, we've been around. Even when you go down south now, you'll get dishes that originate from up north and they do them to cater to the tourists, um, especially mm-hmm. around the monuments and this sort of thing. I suppose if you're going a little bit further out in the suburbs, they probably stick more to the regionalised sort of traditional food for that area. Yeah, I do um, agree. But yeah, I mean, I think it's safe to say that uh, Italian food kind of, no matter how much it sort of stretches and changes a little bit, is um is pretty phenomenal in my mm. opinion anyway. So I'm getting pretty hungry doing this. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I was um, thinking the exact same I'm, thing. I'm just thinking if I've got any sauce in the freezer from mum or not, she might have to make me some more. Uh, have you ever made the sauce yourself? Yeah, I have, I have, I have several times, but see, mum um, is amazing. Actually, I'm pretty lucky, like mum and dad, obviously dad being a chef and running the restaurant, but mum is arguably as good, maybe even like a better home cook. I'm not saying mum could step into a commercial kitchen and cook like dad, and I know they both listen to this, so I've got to be careful how I word it, but I tell you what, mum at home, Josie, maybe I won't put you on the spot, you don't have to answer. I'm is not saying a word. Amazing, amazing. And mum does most cook. of the cooking at home. Like mum makes all the Napolitana sauce at home and like majority. So anyway, moral of the story is lucky she always gives me a few few tubs and then pretty much I just got to boil the pasta like I've mentioned and add whatever else. A, a good one for me is just a bit of a matushana, um with bacon as well. I normally just use bacon at home, a little bit of chili. That's about mm-hmm. all. I think I suppose the key for Italian food and like just circling back to the theme of the episode here, in Australia, I think we have kept it overall fairly simple and that is the key you speak to anyone with italian food really not to overcomplicate the flavors too much and just keep it simple where i'm not sure if in america they have added too much you know adding the garlic with the onion together and this and that and other hard flavors and stuff and sometimes things in america i think can be kind of as we want to like supersized and kind of like over here i still think we have the kind of feeling that less is more Mm-hmm. I think most of the time and I think it's probably it is more subtle things that will happen over here so like I'll go to you know you'll go to a restaurant and yeah like so the pizza's got you know way too many um toppings on it or too much topping yeah. um the pasta even there'll be like a pasta dish and it's got several um several different ingredients in there and again that's a lot more than you would have um you know traditionally also like lots and lots of sauce but again oh, see yes. I don't like a lot of sauce on my pasta anyway. So that's the thing. So I'll always be a person that that's the way that I lean. So then for me, it's even more so if I go out to some of these, like, you know, Italian, Australian places, and then 
the pasta comes out like you know swimming in sauce and then Yes. i'm like thinking yeah and but again it doesn't bother Agreed. me too much it's just but i would definitely look at that and think yeah this is um you know not necessarily like you know traditional Contemporary. or Yeah, um but I think we're still lucky, Josie. Like most, I mean, I, nearly all really of Italian restaurants that are still here or that are here today in, in Australia from, from, from my experience and been lucky enough to visit Melbourne on several occasions and Sydney and Brisbane and Gold Coast and kind of all around. I've never been to South Australia, but been to most of the other states, I have, obviously. just to throw that Have in to you? you, <laughs> I have. I want proof of that. I can't remember. Uh, but yeah, I mean, a little bit. I mean, I suppose we know that's good. Honestly, for the podcast, that, that's good. Between us, we've been to, you know, a lot of the cities around Australia. And I, I'm very confident when I say that the Italian establishments, they're, they're basically um, maybe the older generation Italians that have been here now since the 60s or 70s that are still running some of these places or has been passed down to their families. So we're talking first generation Italians that have, um, Italian Australians that have grown up in the environment and know like a lot about it. And often a lot of these people, or even the second generation, like, So we're kind of second generation and first generation, but I was going back to Italy and looking and stuff and obviously going there for like vacation. I could never say it was a work trip at all, but I was always taking photos of menus and I feel like a lot of these people, yeah, that maybe are running restaurants in Australia are first or second generations. They're looking at what they're doing in Italy and keeping in touch. And I don't feel like we have too many really unsort of unauthentic Italian places around. I feel like we're quite lucky with our food in Australia because then, like I said, there's a lot of contemporary modern restaurants as well. So I, I definitely, hand on heart, would say that we're doing a pretty good job over here as as, as a whole. Um, you're definitely not walking into many Italian restaurants and you just go, oh, far out. You know, that's never seen that dish before. Yes. That's completely wrong. That's shocking. That's, yeah, I mean, there's No, few no, and I, far do, about I do. it. Yeah, I agree. so, And that's yeah. the, probably the only, um, I would not like, not take offense is the wrong word, but see, for me, if I hear from a, you know, regular, you know, Italian Australian person and they tell me, oh, this is the way that like my mom or my nonna would make meatballs, or this is the way we do this, this is where we do that. And that's different from, from other places. Well, that's, that's completely fine. You could never say that's not authentic. It's authentic if they're the ones cooking it. You know, if, if they're, you know, whoever, mum's Italian, nonna's Italian, um, and that's the way they cook it, then that's fine. Um, Yep. that's that's authentic and no one can tell them otherwise. It's only for me um, that I'll think as well, like say going to a restaurant and, you know, all people are running a restaurant and they maybe are not Italian or there's like, you know, no Italian chefs in there, the food doesn't even taste good. I think that's a big thing as well because sometimes it doesn't have to be, you know, again, like a completely, you know, you know, authentic, um, as long as it tastes okay. But then if it's, you know, if it's not the best quality food, that's the only time where I'll be like, yeah, that's not Italian food. Questo No, I think, non esiste in Italia. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, you, that's the only you put time on you'll flip hear me. into Italian, Italian mode and give them a spray. No, look, I kind of agree. And that's not to say that someone like, I know there's plenty of people who aren't of Italian background who are very talented in the kitchen and have learnt, you know, how to do things very, very well and that sort of stuff Absolutely. as well. But but I agree with what you're saying as a whole overall uh, in most parts there. So, but, um, but yeah, look, we, um, We really hope you guys have enjoyed this one. We're not going to go on too long here because we're going to circle back and talk about food. There's so much more to cover on this topic. Like I said, it could end up being like a six-part if we're going to try and do everything. So um, we will revisit this and we definitely will be getting some guests in to go over these topics probably plenty, plenty of times. Um, yeah, as we keep uh, bringing you guys these episodes weekly. So Josie, thanks so much for being with me here today for another episode. Thanks to you as well, Lucas.
and um, I look forward to chatting with you soon. And um, yeah, we look forward to hearing from the listeners as well, if anyone's particularly enjoyed this episode. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. So ciao for now. Absolutely. Ciao for now.